Welcome to Adaptivist Live, the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. On this week, we've got some updates, some app news, and a follow-up from a Trello story. I'm your host, Ryan Spilkin, and joining me today is Matthew Stubblefield. Matthew, good afternoon. Good to see you, Ryan. How's it going? You know, it has been a spicy day. It has just been uh, a a whirlwind of caliente spices. Muy caliente. And... uh, this uh, this podcast is no exception, uh, but we'll get to that Trello story later. I think you underplayed it a little bit in the intro, but that's okay. Let's start off talking with cloud instead. Well, there are several updates to the cloud in the last two weeks since uh, we last spoke with you. Um, and for the Jira platform, we have features that automatically check that a request has been through a status before allowing agents to use a certain transition. So if an issue has not been through a status it can be kept from moving on to the next one. Um, This is in Jira Service Desk. Uh, It is a workflow rule, and there are... It's a condition. It's a, it's, you know, it's a, you know, um, I don't know if it's built into server in DC, actually. And that's the interesting thing about this one, um, because I think it's something I've, it's one of those things when you you use Jira for a long time, there are certain add-ons you always install, like as a first thing out of the box. Yep. Uh, and like the workflows toolkit, Jira Suite Utilities, Script Runner, like those are all part of kind of my out of the box experience. I want those first thing. I feel like the has been in status is one of those that came from those types of things. So having it built into cloud now as a, you know, it has to have been in a status, you know, and you've got this, I don't know if it's being put as a validator or condition. I don't know if the transition is visible or not. Um, yeah. Based on, but, that, but it's interesting that it's being built in. Yeah, it looks like a, um, they're calling it a rule. So it's it's one of those yeah. mid-transition um, effectors, essentially. Another thing coming to the Jira platform is the ability to link to specific comments and work log entries. So it's just like sharing a LinkedIn post directly to your Slack channel. You can now do that with Jira. Cool. On the Bitbucket side of things, there is a new activity feed filter built into the new pull request experience. Um And if you are someone who goes through the pull request experience, I hope you're enjoying the new one. You're also able to remove your pipeline logs, allow disabling of Git clones in your Bitbucket pipelines, word wrap your code in the code review experience, and search within your pipeline logs, which seems like it's something that you could already do with Control or Command F. In other cloud news, Atlassian has rolled out a beta for app module support on Android, iOS, and Mac clients. We spoke uh, several podcasts ago. It might have even been last been year. That I feel like it's, it's definitely in the months plus range. Yeah, it's been quite some time that Atlassian app developers could now give app users on mobile and native Mac clients direct access to their add-ons functionality. It's hard to describe since we call everything an app now. So like you can get some apps in your apps to to view some stuff from your app. Well, I'll look at your app. Yeah, yo um, dog. I heard like, you liked apps. <laughs> the article's got a good uh little gif and you know how we love our gifs. Hot gif alert. Uh, it's uh showing you how uh Trello uh already works with this and while you're looking at the issue view uh, you can interact directly with some Trello data. So it's it's giving it, um, we're going to call it an add-on in this context, 
let's say you are a developer creating an add-on and you want uh, some functionality from your add-on to be visible when looking at an issue In while the using app. the Jira mobile app or Mac Native Client. Yeah, check out this beta. You can start plugging away at that. <laughs> Put a name on it. <laughs> <laughs> we should just create a new word. Yeah. We should do this Alassian style instead of for for instead of um let's see, they were plugins at one point and then add-ons add-on. and then apps. apps. But apps is already used. Plugin. Can we, no, go we already back did that to, one? No, let's go back. You can't there's no going back, only forward. Plug app. Ooh, plug app. I like it. Plug app. So if you need to plug your plug app, contact us at Adaptivist for the podcast. You can plug your plug app on the Pod plug. Oh fast. no, oh God. <laughs> language is meaningless <laughs> and time is a flat circle. <laughs> Speaking of language becoming meaningless, uh, big announcement on uh, the Atlassian developer blog. Um, this is for Jira Cloud and don't know if or when it will come to server and data center, but as all things trend towards entropy, it seems likely it will eventually. Uh, coming soon, you will no longer be able to search for usernames in JQL on Jira Cloud. So, for instance, query like assignee equals J Smith. Uh, yeah, you won't be able to do that anymore. Um, reporter equals you know a, a person's uh, username. That's going to be gone because usernames, for the most part, will um, be obfuscated and gone. This is. I don't know that this is actually GDPR compliance at this point. I think this is more Atlassian's sort of uh, goal of being even more secure than GDPR requires. Uh, so they list three ways that you can uh, search for users in the future. One is by the Atlassian account ID. One is by display name. One is by email address. Those last two, display name and email address, is only if the user has given you permission through their profile, if they, only if they allow those things to be displayed, which they may not. Um, by default, they do. But if somebody goes in and changes it, then all your queries break and you can't find stuff that's assigned to them anymore. Uh, the Elastin account ID is the only surefire method. Uh, we'll link to a community post to, that, that demonstrates how to find out what the account ID is. It is a long alphanumeric string that no one in their right mind would ever remember. Uh, here's my tip. Um, the way I'm, I, like I'm going to do it going forward is effectively um, do it by team. So I do it by Jira group. If I was like things assigned to a group and then I'll filter through it. Um, I'll probably actually let Jira software boards do most of the heavy lifting for me. And honestly, that's how I find a signee most of the time anyways. Like when I'm looking for issues assigned to a person, I'm not doing a lot of JQL searches anymore. I'm doing a software board with like swim lane by a signee or a quick filter, except all of my quick filters are assignee equals username. So I'm going to have to rethink how I do my quick filters going forward. Yeah, um, it is. I, I definitely understand the practice around not trying to, you know, don't don't pin a search to an individual. Make it role based. But there are times where it's just there's no other way. I got to find I mean, out what's on this person's plate. An issue's got to be a an issue's got to be assigned to a person. It can't be assigned to a role or a group. Like nope. it, it has to be nope. to the individual. Yep. So, yeah, we'll we'll link to that. Um, now, your existing quick filters and JQL uh, sort of issue filters that are safe and everything will continue to work until the cutoff date, which according to this article is October 1st. Uh, I'm not actually clear if, if that means that like new searches won't work after October 1st and there's a grace period for safe things. I suspect though, based on the way it's structured, 
you got to October 1, start updating all your queries now. And with usernames being an integral part of the Atlassian access experience and um, security in general, we've got a follow-up from a story that we've been talking about over the past several months. And to help us uh, go further into it, we've got a special guest. We've recorded that segment with her previously. So here it is. Joining Matthew and I to discuss it is Client Services Account Manager, Veronica Kellerman. Veronica, thank you so much for being here today. Anytime, Ryan. So this came up for us uh, over Slack. Um, I, I don't remember which of our like 7,000 channels I was in when I, I saw this thread start, but um, it was just like, it started this little red flag of, oh, there's some SSO stuff, uh, some challenges for, for this company of ours. And uh, it's somehow related to the uh, uh, them using Trello and looking to make changes to their SSO or using Atlassian IDs that like, you know, when we've talked about it on the podcast previously, uh, it was just, you know, if your company has a Trello account and you know, with Atlassian switching it to Atlassian ID, you need to create a, a personal separate one and transition your personal boards over to that. And that transfer or migration process all works smoothly. And, and Ryan and Brendan, I thought that was the end of the story. But when this popped up, it sounds like there's actually some SSO implications that go way beyond just your personal and, and business Trello boards. And um, Veronica, can you fill in some of the gaps here for me? Because it, 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 it kind of was a developing thing that was a bit confusing. I'm going to start this whole thing with saying I'm not the most technical person. So I apologize if I get any of the minute details incorrectly. Um, You're in good I'm company sort of, here. Yeah. <laughs> More so just getting the gist of uh, kind of impacts the perspective of kind of what you described. It's uh, it's an issue of who has access to your boards, which ones are carried over to personal accounts versus company accounts, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um the way that this kind of came about, this entire issue slash conversation, uh, was in April, uh, and I don't have the specific dates of the original blog, Atlassian very low-key announced that there's a further integration between Trello and uh, Atlassian Access, and it will affect how your Trello user count is counted and how your Atlassian Access count is counted. Um we didn't quite understand what that meant. Um, and by we, I don't just mean the technically useless people like myself, but also the more technically aware people in the company didn't quite understand what Atlassian was getting at. So we put together a team of people that were tasked with researching this further and kind of talking to clients further and seeing where there could be ramifications within client instances where this would apply. Um, one such said instance was a client of ours, one of our top 80, who we approached and just said, you know, this is coming out and we sent them the link. And would you maybe like to further discuss this with our research team? That was uh, Lauren and Phil um, and kind of tell us, you know, where you think this may impact you. And let's just have a further discussion about it. So they came back pretty interested because they had not only heard, not heard about this and they're massive Atlassian users and have very high connections within the Atlassian community. It's an account that has a TAM and an EA. Um, and the first time they heard about this new integration situation uh, was from Adaptivist. And so they reached out to their TAM and their TAM was like, oh, I'm just kidding. I don't know what you're talking about. Let me do some further research. 
Um, and they reached out to their EA and the same thing kind of, they didn't really have an idea of what the process and the ramifications of this would be. So we had that interview with them with Lauren and Phil, they kind of went through some, uh, very generic questions. And we realized that our client doesn't actually have Atlassian access, nor are they a cloud user, um, or a very limited cloud user. Majority of their instances data center. Uh, so in my non-technical brain, I didn't think they would be affected by this. Turns out I was wrong. Um, and I might potentially be wrong with a lot of other clients who might assume this wouldn't affect because they don't use Atlassian access. Uh, so the phrasing of this is just a Trello Atlassian access issue uh, is not quite accurate. Um, it has a lot more to do with, uh, for example, different cloud domains that have been claimed. So for this specific company, they have thousands of different cloud domains that have been claimed. And a lot of those cloud domains have the same email addresses as the logins for a lot of the Trello accounts. So a company that had, let's say, uh, approximately 150 enterprise Trello licenses that they pay for annually now are looking at thousands that they may get charged for in June because of the way they're connected within their different single sign-ons. That did a lot of access, but for some reason, there's still enough connection where it becomes a really big cost issue for them down the line. So, so is the scenario here that you've got a, a real large company with a bunch of different departments and teams and people, and some of those teams have gone out and gotten kind of like smaller cloud, you know, lasting cloud instances or Trello accounts or things like that for their teams, um, but because they're all on the same domain, that's now all rolling up and being aggregated into like one big license with a, a bigger cost. Is that what's happening? I don't know the answer to that. Um, I can't okay. say that I understood exactly what they were saying. Uh, from my understanding, it the bigger issue was that they've predictively claimed a bunch of their domains because they know that oh. eventually they'll have to go over to cloud, which majority oh. of our clients have that security. Like they want their domains saved in the future um, for when everything has to be shifted over. Sure. So even though this client specifically is a minimum of five years away from shifting everything over to cloud, they needed that security. And I think that now it's affecting them in a bit of a negative way. Once this uh, relationship with Trello kind of developed mm -hmm. um, again, I don't really know the technical specifics of exactly why and how, but I know that when I was on the call and the parts that I did understand they were kind of getting into, well, you know, this one user has a paid license, but they share boards with their entire team who all use free licenses, but then those are those. And then what if that person's boards are also connected to a different Trello users and it just like escalates from there. So uh. a little bit difficult to track. Um, I don't really quite know how the client's going to approach it. So it sounds like there's really two things at work here. One of them because uh, I'm thinking back over the last several years, changes that Lassie's made, it sounds like the sort of the first instigating factor was the change to Trello licensing, where if you have effectively more than one person as a guest on a board, uh, it has to become a paid one. Um, or it was something like that, but like it was it was a bid by Lassie to increase the payments that are coming in through Trello. And um, and then you combine that with a switch to Atlassian access and Atlassian ID and business domains, you now have this like web of boards that's created where all of these things that were free or cheap now shift to become very expensive. So that's like the first part of it. 
that's intricate. And then the the second part is this future domain issue and and proactively capturing that, which is just fascinating. Um, and uh, Veronica sounds like you know what I'm hearing from you and what I'm hearing from others is like it's really this combination of things that that introduces the complexity such that even Atlassian is not super clear yet on on the implications. But what we do know is there's the potential to cost customers a lot of money. Um, and so it, it behooves them to uh, kind of follow up on this. So um, might be right in saying if you're a large customer, if there anybody in your company who has set up some independent Atlassian cloud instances with their work email address or some Trello teams, uh, you know, part of me wants to say reach out to your TAM or EA, uh, except they may not know. So, uh, you know, I got to drop a plug for Adaptivist here. Uh, we are following up on this with a bunch of our clients. Uh, get in touch with us at adaptivist.com and we are happy or maybe happy is not the right word, willing to uh, run this up the chain for you and see what we can do to help. I think that's pretty accurate. And um, I, I also like from, from, from my perspective and the way I kind of presented it to our internal team was basically any client that you have that you have processed a Trello license for. And I would say for us and client services, we remember because <laughs> Trello isn't the easiest license to process as it's still an external uh, situation. <laughs> uh, email your clients, get them on the phone, figure out if there is any kind of combination uh, because it was definitely at first started as a, only if you're on cloud, this is an issue. And it has mm. way more evolved into that is not the case, but where everybody let's try to figure out if this affects you or it doesn't affect you. And this story, as it develops, we will continue to keep you updated. Veronica Kellerman, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. And now let's move on to the updates from around the Atlassian software ecosystem. You know, we've got Jira Software Server 8.8.1. It's a point release with some bug fixes and performance improvements. Bitbucket Server 7.2 has a little more meat on the bones. One is a nice enhancement to search, uh, locate pull requests by searching for text and selecting a reviewer. Um, kind of adds what you know feels a little bit like the uh, the basic issue navigator from Jira, where you can just sort of do like a drop down, or you can type some things in. Uh, nice to to make that a little little simpler. And then the the second one again, just sort of a nice UI for search related stuff, the uh, prioritization when when looking at branches. So. You do the little branch drop down. You can now start typing a name, and if there's an exact match, it'll pop up to the top. Um, previously, this was alphabetized, so if you had like a, a partial fit for your search, what you were looking for was further down. You know, you had to scroll through it alphabetically. Now it just floats that that exact match to the to the top. Um, so, just uh, some nice um, uh, quality of life improvements for Bitbucket Server Seven too. In Jira Service Desk, version 4.8.1 was released. This, again, bug fixes, security updates, performance boosts, and the Russian language date picker for the month of May. Gotta love that month of May. Yeah. Uh, Portfolio 3.26 out today, the 5th of May, uh, when we're recording this. Um, The first one made me raise an eyebrow a little bit. Uh, Roll-up value is now visible in CSV export. So a roll-up value would be, you know, you've you've got a, you know, let's say a an epic, and you've got a bunch of stories. 
with time estimates on them. And then you can roll up that value and say, this epic is going to take, you know, 7,300 hours or something. Um, and at first I was like, if you roll that up, does that mean I have a row on my CSV that's kind of meaningless data because it's rolled? But no, it's somehow that rollup is in a uh, column. So if there is a rollup value, a new column will be added to the CSV and there will be a value there, uh, which is kind of nice. So uh, you get that in version 3.26, along with the ability to share a direct link to a saved view. Um, we've seen this in other similar GRPM tools. Um, where you know, if you have a particular structure or view, you can just link directly to that and send that, that URL to somebody. It's embedded in the URL. So that's added in Portfolio 3.26. And finally, an update to a story that we first reported on eight months ago in episode 73 relating to the sunsetting of mercurial support in Bitbucket. The announcement then was that on June 1st, 2020, Bitbucket, Mercurial features and repositories would be removed from Bitbucket and its API. Well, Mercurial has gotten a temporary stay of execution, and now you'll have till July 1st, 2020 to transition away from Mercurial. What's funny is when we recorded that episode eight months ago, we were all like, people still use Mercurial? Uh, and now eight months later, I was like, it hasn't already been sunset? How has this not already happened? Um, there's got to be somebody out there you know, kind of raising the flag and saying, hey, 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 we're, we're not quite ready. Everybody's having to work from home. We decided to put off our migration for eight months. And uh, we were really hoping to do it at the last minute. Now we can't. Um, so, yeah, uh, you get a whole extra month till July. And uh, I have a feeling that uh, the first episode in July will be reporting again that uh, it has been actually sunset. But, you know, we'll see. And, you know, we just couldn't finish this off without a little bit of news from Adaptivist, right? So, Matthew, you go first. All right. So, I've uh, mentioned a few times, Learn for Jira is a thing that exists, a training app. Uh, today, the podcast uh, publication day, as it were, we're sending out an email. So, you may have gotten this. But if you haven't, I wanted to let you know, uh, loyal podcast viewers, uh, if you are a nonprofit, you can get what's called a community license for Atlassian software. If you're a nonprofit, you're probably already aware of this. Uh, but that applies to add-ons as well. And so we sent an email out today to all of the community or free license holders that we know about to get Learn for Jira for free and start getting some free training uh, for your users. So if, uh, if that applies to you, you know, go submit the application uh, for a community license, pick up some Learn for Jira for your, your team. And share it with people you might know in the nonprofit industry. We would love to help them out. And the last bit of news is our webinar program has been going gangbusters for since the COVID-19 thing broke out. Um, and we have another one coming up, and that is with Confluence Content Management, how to automate your problems away. I'll be hosting this webinar, and we'll be featuring Jill Patterson and Johnny Carter, who we are big fans of here at the podcast. Um, and also, if you head on over to our website, which of course we will link to in the show notes, you can find links to register for all of our webinars and on-demand access to webinars that we have run in the past. There's a lot of valuable content in those, in those sessions and a lot of really interesting things to think about. All right, everybody, that's it for this edition of Adaptivist Live. Thank you so much for taking your time with us today, and we're so glad to have you listening. If you have any questions, comments, or even an article that you think we should be covering, please connect with us on social at Adaptivist. So, 
For Matthew Stubblefield, I'm Ryan Spilkin, and we'll see you next time on Adaptivist Live. I guess this is to calculate velocity. Yeah.